Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Hello, hello. And our amazing guest, friend of the show, repeat guest, Chris Patterson. Hey guys, how's it going? How are you, good? Chris? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, man. How are you guys? You know, it's uh, six months and three days since the end of the world, so. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you guys... Are you guys still in lockdown uh, out there, Chris? Is that a curiosity? Yeah, we're, we're in uh, stage two lockdown at the moment, yeah. So I think hopefully this week or next week, they're going to bring it down to stage one. What, what, is, so what nice. does that mean? What does that mean when you're in stage two or stage one? It's just a level of like restrictions on daily life kind of thing, like having a curfew or um, what businesses are operating and how the schools are doing stuff that sort of thing cool so at the moment like there's a 10 o'clock curfew so no one should be out of their homes at like after 10 p.m kind of thing what happens if you get get out of your house at 10 p.m you get shot chris for those who don't know where are you right now i'm in port elizabeth south africa there you go just wanted to make sure everyone was clear on that yeah cool cool uh so so what happens if you go out after 10 though do you get shot or what happens uh hopefully not no um i think you know, maybe you just get a fine, I think would probably be the worst that would happen. And maybe some, some unhappy policeman or something like that. But I mean, I mean, you probably could get away with being out after 10, but uh, just uh, chances are you might run into something. So right now there are currently no shows or anything like that allowed in the entire country, correct? Sort of, yeah. I know some people have started doing like the kind of restaurant circuit so like guys that maybe play for entertainment um, in a restaurant or a bar or something like that. I think that's sort of happening again. Mm-hmm. That's less of like a live concert and more of just entertainment in restaurants because restaurants are kind of open up again for business. So uh, they've brought back the entertainment as well. Cool. But I think shows, not so much. I, I don't think yet. Is that coming back open in stage one, do you know, or, or you have no idea? I think so. I think it, it sort of depends on how many people they allow to be in one area. So I think at the moment it's set to like 50 people per gathering or something. So, you know, maybe they bumped it up to a hundred or 200 people, then a show becomes a bit more plausible. Cool. So we were going to talk about your recent album, recent-ish album release. It was April. Holy crap. It's been a few months, hasn't it? Yeah. April. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so we were going to talk a little bit about the, how, how you did with promoting it, um, what you've done after the release, that type of thing. But how about you, uh, kind of go over what your band is and, uh, type of music to play, blah, blah, blah. And then we can kind of go from there. All right, cool. Um, yeah, we're a four piece sort of, I think of it as extreme metal, uh, band from PE South Africa. And uh, we recently did our first full-length album. We've done two EPs before this. This is our first full-length uh, called The Lord Conspirator. 
which we uh, was our first sort of label release as well. We put it out on uh, MMD Records, a uh, label based out of Cape Town. And uh, it's also our first time working with, um, working with you, working with PR, you know, trying to do some form of um, campaign to push the album and try and break out um, just of, you know, where we are now in South Africa or very local scene, you know, try and get it out uh, as far as we can. Mm -hmm. So now just, just as a, can you also kind of go over like um, a little bit more about what else, else you did to promote it leading up to it before we get into anything else? Oh yeah. Um, you know, most of it was just really, you know, the done thing before was just kind of, you know, Facebook stuff, trying to push as much as possible on social media. Um, we kind of uh, got a lot of help from being on the label as well with them being able to push it again, just on social media, that sort of thing, trying to branch across, you know, all three big uh, platforms. Um, but, you know, in terms of like shows and stuff like that, we obviously weren't able to do like a release gig or anything like that. So um, it was pretty much just trying to push it online and, you know, send it around as much as possible, that sort of thing, you know. Totally. What was um, the single biggest thing you feel that the label did to help you? Um, well, they, they got us onto all the, um, all the, the major streaming platforms. Um, that's sort of, that's sort of the thing. So it's, you know, what we have going with them is more of a, like a digital distribution thing. So they, um, get you onto, you know, Apple music and YouTube and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, without you having to pay for it as well, you know, usually you have to, uh, independent bands have to pay for that sort of stuff um, out of their own pocket, you know, but, but the label covered that end of things for us. And, um, and then it's extra promotion. It's someone else trying to push your band and, and talking about your band and um, using whatever connections they have in terms of production or um, any kind of the background work or merchandising or CD printing. They kind of, you know, the, the, your, your arms extend a little further, you know, when you've got someone like that uh, working with you. Now, why would you go, not, not why, but have you seen a be benefit from going with someone more local to you as a label versus international? Or do you think it really didn't matter much? Um, I think as far as just trying to grow as a band in South Africa still, because we, um, you know, we definitely still had some growing to do here. So I think in that regard, I think it was good that we, went with someone local, um, you can really try and, you know, get us um, entrenched in, in Cape Town and, um, you know, just the scene in general, you know, kind of grow here, but first, and then um, do what we can to get, get out of the country after that, but to make sure that we've got a nice base of support uh, local, you know, before we try and jump the gun, so to speak. Do you, do you find that MMD is good with that? I, I don't know much about how the label actually operates i mean we had lyle on the show once but like is it is it good distribution from him down there yes definitely i mean lyle's great um he's uh he's very into it he's very into just um filling the gap you know there was a, a definite gap in a sort of unifying the extreme metal scene here you know um you know he's definitely doing a good service for for the bands and trying to just bring it all together localize it and and sort of push a, a more of an African movement or a South African metal movement where instead of there's lots of little bands all, all trying to get out on their own, this kind of unifies everybody. And um, there's one place now 
where you can find all you know, a lot of the best bands in the in the country um, mm-hmm. or in Africa in general, and they all under one uh, one label, you know. And uh, I think I think that's great. You know, it's it's a place for um, you know kind of people all over the world if they want to get into seeing what South African bands have got going on. They just have to have to look at MMD and they can see it there. You know. Nice. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you've got ideas on growing locally versus going globally first. I think that makes a lot of sense. But I guess my question would be, how would you, do you have any ideas how you'd even make that step beyond South Africa, given, you know, very, very few people in sort of the underground from over there, make it out outside of like Manfred Mann? Um. I love Manfred Mann, by the way. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, really? Jesus, I, he's like a prog guy. Okay. I'm terrible. I'm fucking oh, very man. disappointed in both of you. Sorry. Egg on my face. I, I know who Dave Matthews is. Okay, Curtis, you're no longer a host. Continue, Chris. <laughs> um. Sorry, the, so the question was trying to like, get like, out of South Africa. Yeah, like, I mean, is that even an ambition to kind of expand beyond? Like, what would you even do? Is there a template for that? I don't think there's a template. Um, you know, man, it's, it's, it's really difficult. I think it's, you know, maybe just trying to find, you know, one place that you can try and focus on. Like, if it's Europe or if it's Asia or if it's a very specific part of Europe, where you just try and sort of hook up with, promoters or distribution down that side or, or, you know, merchandising people, anything you can get to that can just get you um, represented in some way in another place. And then you can use that as a a kind of leapfrog around from there, Mm -hmm. but it's difficult. Um, You know, I know of Volvid and you managed to do it very successfully and they kind of, you know, they kind of jumped straight to doing that. You know, they, uh, they didn't really need try and or need to grow much locally. They just, they just managed to, to uh, get overseas straight away, which was great. That was a bit of a fluke, though, wouldn't you think? Yes, it's definitely the exception. Yeah, um, <laughs> not, not the rule. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, like, what do you what do you think would be the next growing step for you guys? Because I mean, okay, because just from the campaign you had, I mean, we got quite a few major placements. So, what do you think would be yes. the actual? stepping stone for the band to cross from you know this to the awareness the more general awareness of the metal community what do you, what do you think your next step would be or should be um i think it would be you know slightly more more targeted marketing so maybe just trying to to say okay let's try and get into europe or, or something like that and we you know you sort of target market europe yeah um or the uk or something like that and uh you know and then trying to consistently release material as much mm-hmm. as possible so have you know so if someone does come across your band that the band is active and they're doing things and there's new things to look forward to more stuff coming out so you can sort of grow like a relationship with them that you feel mm-hmm. like there's some kind of connection going there and um you know i guess the, the biggest step is kind of trying to tour overseas i mean that's really the way to you know, meet people and, and, um, you know, play venues down that side and actually be a physical presence there is, you know, that's probably still the best way to do it, but you need to have some kind of, of, um, 
promotion that side that that's willing to uh, or booking agent that's willing to to take the risk on you so i guess that would be the uh, a pretty big step you know um so I'll, yeah and but what i guess about, networking as well you know social media networking as much as possible well what what about outside of just the touring and so just just the networking because i mean we're there's going to be no touring for probably the next year no for ages you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, I guess network. I mean, social media is a big one, you know. Um, I guess that would be would be the thing, just to really go out of your way to try and find people to uh, to interact with, and uh, hopefully they like your band and they like your music, and um, and they kind of spread it around, you know. Totally. What What do you think has been your most successful action on social media to date? Oh. Um, Man, I don't know. We're uh, we're still kind of learning the learning how to do social media effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just sort of highlight, you know, obviously working with you was a big step for us, and uh, that brought a lot of um, attention our way and gave us a lot of uh, things to use on social media. So, you know, being in articles or you know getting the metal injection thing, which was huge for us. Um, that was Matt, wasn't it? Or was, I think that was Matt. Was. Yeah. Yes, that was. Thank you for that, Matt. By the way, no problem. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those things, and then just trying to highlight those, those things and just to, so, you know, trying to not let things slip under the rug kind of thing, like um, bring as much attention to the band as possible as often as possible. But I think that that was a pretty big moment for us. And that's something we tried to uh, make known. How do you okay. ensure that things don't slip under the rug? Cause that's definitely an issue I see happening a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's difficult. It's just cause there's a lot of content and, uh, there's a lot of people trying to not slip under the rug. So, uh, you know, exactly. some are definitely going to, um, I guess it's just having enough stuff to fit on top of the rug, you know, just so much content that you, uh, you know, you manage to not fall under, I don't know, but definitely you, know, you, you can't like rest all your kind of, um, goals on like or ambition on one thing and hope that that's mm-hmm. going to translate and everyone's going to now know about your band or enjoy the album or whatever. You kind of have to keep just putting stuff out, putting stuff out. Um, and it's not something that we do fantastically yet, but I think it's something that we um, want to try and do better is just trying to put out as much content as possible. And, and uh, you know, like, you know, an album gives you a lot of um, options for content. There's a, a few different things you can do per track or per, um, per release that, that, uh, uh, can function as some form of promotion, you know, or it's a music video or a playthrough or a lyric video or, you know, that sort of thing. Which has been the easiest for you to create? In terms of like like of those, like in terms of like things you can just make happen, what's been easiest for you to do when you're trying to like kind of create content around a single? Um, I think, you know, the, the playthroughs for us personally are just are pretty easy to do if we, you know, we only just put the first one out now from the album. But um, as far as, you know, that's very in, in like an insular thing. We don't really have to rely on, you know, anyone outside. You know, if it's a lyric video, you have to have someone do that for you. And there's a timeline there, you know, but with um, something that you're in control of, like a, like a playthrough video, you can have a turnover, you know, within a day. Or a few hours of having it complete and done 
depending on how much production value goes into it or whatever. But um, that's, that's a pretty easy piece of content you can do, you know? Well, that also tells me you guys must be really tight that you can do it that easily. Cause I think that's definitely a problem people have is that they're not, they're not tight enough as a band to pull off something like that. So that's cool that you actually have that skill level. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a band thing, I guess would be a little different if it's a full band kind of play through or like a live oh, well, video, it's every member. Yeah. Then that's, that is very difficult. Um, especially trying to record that in a way that does it justice. Um, but yeah. a single playthrough, you know, you can kind of just sit and woodshed and, and practice the song a bunch and then uh, hopefully get it in, in one nice long take, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. How, how, how many shots, did, how many take, takes did it take to do the one you just did out of curiosity? Um, it was, I pretty much got it most of the takes just because I was kind of rehearsed. But uh, the main thing was just trying to find a camera angle that didn't suck. So, yeah you know, record at a certain angle and then go look and be like, oh man, you can't see like half of what's going on or whatever. And then, you know, move yeah. it around a bit. So maybe three tries at it or something and then add a, an angle that seemed to work. And that's honestly, I don't think it was just a one take kind of thing. That's honestly the thing I think that's the hardest for bands. And for me, cause I, you know, like when I try to do like classical guitar videos on YouTube, on Instagram, the, the hardest thing always seems to be the angle. And I see that being the thing that makes people one of the small, one of the small things that can really change you from looking pro to looking amateur. Yes, definitely. Yeah. How, how do you ensure... classical guitar, that's a whole other thing as well. Well, what's, what's that? Classical guitar is a whole other beast as well. That's, uh, that's yeah, but even intense. still it's that idea of like, oh, let's make sure we can see the picking hand and we can see the fretting hand and yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the concept is fundamentally the same. And so my question is like, how do you find that right angle? You said it took you a couple of tries. Like, what were you looking yeah. for in a good angle to do it? Um, I guess something that just felt like uh, you sort of, um, hmm, sort of involved with what's going on kind of thing. So you kind of, That's you know, there's not too much other stuff in the background that you can stare at or look at or whatever. And it's kind of like, you've got a good angle on the hands and you've got a good angle on the guitar and everything. And there's nothing else that's kind of obscuring anything, you know? And um, yeah, so that was kind of it, you know, again, it was, it was a pretty quick, quick thing. So um, just kind of done in a couple hours, but um, ideally you'd kind of have someone messing around with you, you know? Yeah. Well, that's also the worst part is trying to do it on your own. And then like, you think you get it and then you take a picture and it's <laughs> not it. And then you got to move it three inches. And try yeah, it no, it's, it's the worst. Um, Curtis, are you there or are you? I'm, I'm here. I oh, okay, sorry. You I, you were on mute for a while, so I thought you were like handling kids or something. No, I, 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 was, <laughs> I, was, I was trying not to interrupt you too is what I was doing. <laughs> but I'll shoot the next question off. So like back to the promotion thing. So how would you promote a guitar playthrough video? Um, to get the broadest possible audience other than like a press release or anything like that? Um, I think you have to maybe kind of think about who watches guitar playthrough videos. So that's, you know, mostly other guitar players. So yeah, guitar nerds are about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So like, I guess trying to focus in on, you know, some kind of gear pages or, you know, forums or something that is sort of a place where guitar players would congregate online or something and you can try and, you know, push it there. That would make the most sense. 
So, okay, so now now off that for one second, I want to talk about uh, Twitter for one second and how you guys utilized Twitter to maximize your promotion. Um, there was a couple things that you guys did, hopefully you remember them and I'm not putting you on the spot, uh, that helped to uh, get you guys some notice on Twitter. Can you go over a couple of the things that you guys did? On Twitter? Yeah, am I putting you on the um, spot you don't remember? <laughs> not Not too well, no. Well, with like um, the necrosexual and Trevor, you guys both kind of got in on. Oh yes, on yeah. The, I think it's you that runs the Twitter account, isn't it? It is me. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still kind of. I'm very new to it, so I'm kind of like sort of feeling it out a little still. But. Um, but you. But you actually did. Yeah. Like when I actually sent the track, when I mentioned your, you to the necrosexual, you you did some follow up on that too. You kind of like that specifically. What I'm going over is like how you guys yes. kind of like backed up what I was doing on Twitter. If you could go over that a little bit. Yeah, that's some advice we got from from good old uh, Derek. Devil speak, Derek was just to really try and interact and follow up with things on Twitter as much as possible. So if someone does, if your band does happen to be mentioned in something or someone does go to the effort of mentioning you, then, um, then you should, you know, follow up and retweet it with a comment or retweet or, or you know, do the things. And um, yeah, just try and do as much with that as possible and to try and interact as much as possible was, um, was something that seemed pretty important, you know, don't just be like a, a background thing, you know? Yeah, so you, you would not only just comment, but you'd also generally retweet and keep going on the conversation, which was a key thing as far as I could yes. tell. Yeah, it kind of keeps the keeps the ball rolling and keeps it in you know a news feed or, or something, you know. Resulting that tweet at Curtis, we lost you. Yeah. The point being. So you kind of since backed off Twitter? Not backed off, no. Um, still still doing the thing, but just, um, yeah, that, I guess it was just a period that he was talking about where there was just quite a lot going on and there, there was a f- quite, quite a few things happening that kind of involved us as well. So we kind of rode that, rode that wave a bit and now it's, it just sort of died down um, just in a natural way, I guess. But, you know, it would be less, it would be less so if I, if I was more active on there, I'm sure. Sure, 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 sure. Did, did you fu- were you using Twitter before you kind of pushed this album campaign? No, uh, no, not really. It's 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 not much of a. At least from what I can tell, yeah, it's not much of a thing. You know, people don't seem to uh, to enter Twitter down here. So I just never thought about getting an account or anything like that. But uh, for the band stuff, it did make sense, and um, you know, it was another connection to you guys and to you know, tons of other people and, and um, yeah, it seemed like, seemed like something to do. So you, uh, so, okay, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think of the right words here. So, so you would, you would encourage other South American bands to, um, you would encourage other South American bands to kind of, Go, okay, go for it on Twitter and see where they can get South African bands. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think so. You know, um, it's, it seems to be like a, a, a pretty direct connection to like an international kind of 
audience or, or, you know, people that, you know, like Facebook can feel very insular, you know, it's, it's difficult to yeah. get into different or, or, or bigger communities or whatever that are outside of yours. But Twitter seemed to be a very direct connection to, um, to other people in the industry and other bands. And that they, they seem very like, uh, very receptive as well. You know, it's, it's not like unobtainable to talk to them or to be involved with them. You know, it's, it's, it's a direct thing. Absolutely. So given that there aren't very many, um, South African bands on Twitter, what would your advice be to a South African band trying to kind of break through on Twitter? Mm. or at least like get somewhere on it yeah i think it would be to try and connect with as many um you know you could i guess you got to kind of find um you know or just try and earmark some connections mm -hmm. whether it's with labels or with you know pr people um you know like guys like yourself anyone who's involved in your uh, in your scene or your kind of industry but um that's that you'd never be able to have connection with them before, you know? So really try and branch out and be, you know, friendly and, and, um, involved, you know, how did you, identify, always important. how did you identify who those people were? Um, you know, I guess it was, it was mostly just, um, just through kind of having the connection with, with Curtis and, um, and Derek, they, they sort of, you know, help you go in the right direction. And then from there, you know, you sort of get recommended or you sort of see who else is around. Like, uh, Andy, um, the Australian guy, I forget his last name, but you know, yeah, right. that yes, that's him. Yeah. You know, you sort of see who's around and who's active and who's cool and, and, and you can and you, it at least gets the ball rolling, you know? Absolutely. That's awesome. That's really awesome. You know? So I love that idea that like you went on only knowing like two people, but yeah, you were able much. to kind of, kind of leverage sad. it into something much bigger. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really important takeaway for what you're doing here is that even though you didn't really have, like you didn't really know what you were doing going in, you still did it and it helped elevate what you were doing. Yes. 100% man. Um, yeah. I actually kind of can't recommend it enough really. Um, yeah. Because you can kind of, you, you know, I think, you know, Facebook might kind of keep you with around you know, the same kind of people a lot of the time, you know, it doesn't necessarily um, expose you to, to anyone new very often, you know, mm -hmm. that's that far removed from your current circle. Sure. Well, here, here's, here's one question I got for you, just uh, sort of based on Twitter again, though. Um, have you found it easier to connect with new fans as a result of using Twitter? Or do you just think it's more or sorry that it's better for uh, connecting with industry people or did you guys already go over this when I was off the phone? No, no, we didn't. Um, okay. um, I think, uh, you know, there have been some people that we've kind of connected with that were actually, you know, South Africans that were on there and kind of found us through there or whatever. And that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. But we're still pretty, you know, we don't have a massive account and we're still kind of figuring out what we're doing. So, um, so I think there's definitely room to grow in that direction, but, um, it, yeah, you know, it did, um, bring some new people into the fold that we, I don't think we would have found otherwise, or that wouldn't have found us otherwise. And that's people who are in South Africa, you know, and, yep. 
there's often bands as well. Bands look for other bands. So you might find some other South African bands you've never heard of that, um, that find you through there. And that's always cool as well. Cool. So how do you think you're going to be utilizing um, all the press that we got for future releases? Like, how do you think it will actually benefit future things that you do? Um, I think at least, you know, now we know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've done it once. Well, and, and you guys kind of, but at the same you know? time, not everybody from South Africa is going to land at Metal Injection and some of the other places you guys. So keep that in mind too. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, 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 like, um, like, I mean, like, there's been like three bands from your country, I think, total ever, ever getting Metal Sucks or Metal Injection. Yeah. You know, and it's usually the ones that just sort of look a little further in, in, as far as like, you know, PR. I mean, I think a lot of bands just don't necessarily think about PR or know about PR. I mean, we certainly yeah. didn't. You yeah. Know, um, so that's important as well. It's just taking that step and, and finding the right kind of the right fit for your band. And um, and just kind of running with it, you know. Um, but you know, now we we kind of know what to expect, and and um, yeah, you know, it's yeah, I don't know, it's just uh, we can hope to do even better next time, kind of thing, you know. What what do you what are your what do you think your aims are going to be for the next time in terms of press and the rest of it? Hmm. I'm asking the hard questions. Yeah, it is a hard question. Yeah. Um, I guess in terms of the sound of you know what we we go for next time, and to try and use the direction of the band's you know the direction of the band musically as as something that um, people will hopefully find interesting and um, maybe make more maybe make you more likely to to pick up features and and. Uh, sp- you know, make it seem like something worth, worth looking into, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you, what about, what about press wise though? Are you, are you going to be aiming for, do you think? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, the South African stuff, try and cover all that stuff again, you know, and um, by press, you just mean, well, I mean, like sort major outlets. You, yeah, that type of thing. Are you going to look for more South African type stuff? I guess I mean, or you, or do you want to like have us hunt for like the more worldwide type? Definitely thing? worldwide stuff. Yeah, as, as as far as possible, and um, and just as many, you know, just whoever is interested or or might be interested in in hearing and sort of spreading the, that music, then that would be fantastic. You know, um, it's always good to have the local side covered as well. You know, it's it's you know on that side, it's kind of up to us to, to reach out as much as possible to the local, to the local people and, and hope that they, um, hope that they're into it. And then, yeah, to try and just get onto, um, all the biggest possible, um, sort of websites that we can. Totally. What, what about utilizing more, are you going to be going after utilizing more Facebook ads or anything like that? Bring up Facebook ads. Cause Matt loves to talk about Facebook ads. Yeah, that's something we've been meaning to actually do on with this stuff, um, which we might we might sort of do. We'll definitely do on the next. Um, but that's it's actually extremely effective, you know, from the experience I've had in the past with it. It's it's yeah, um, 
you know, and you can use that to target pretty specific demographics as well or, or, or areas, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so even like, you know, our album might have done pretty well in the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape, but for whatever reason, maybe didn't really get circulated around Gauteng too much. Mm-hmm. So you can use Facebook to, you know, kind of focus in on Gauteng just so they know about, you know, your record and what's going on. Totally. Whereas before, for whatever reason, maybe it's just not getting circulated around there, but you can, you can help you push into those areas. What is the one area in all of South Africa that you want to really break into the most? Is it like Cape Town? Um, yeah, Cape Town, I think yeah, they've been behind us quite nicely, like, you know, sort of since the beginning of the band, um, yeah. or from the first EP, you know, I think, you know, I think one of the first connections we had down that side was Derek. Mm-hmm. and uh, and patrick from metal for africa as well and uh yeah we seem to get a lot of, lot of love from down that side so and uh you know we've played down that side i think twice now so we've kind of got like a bit of a a bit of a relationship going with them so it would be nice to to move up north and try and sort of get into uh johannesburg and pretoria because you know that's the bigger of the of the two scenes i think um and, uh, you know, it's definitely worth, you know, going up that side and, tr- you know, playing with the bands there and, and trying to sort of build a, a relationship on that side as well. But you co- sort of have to do it by going there, I think, you know. Have you, have you guys had a chance to go there yet or no? Not yet, no. Um, I think we got invited to play up there once and it just was, was a show we weren't able to do. But um, it's, it's extremely far from, from, you know, it's the opposite end of the country. So it's a good 12-hour drive or so yeah so um it's a it's a pretty hectic uh layout of of finances and time to do it yeah. so um yeah if it, were, if it was closer then we would have definitely been there already but um yeah we definitely aim to to go there because you know there's a lot of cool venues a lot of cool bands a lot of cool people up that side totally any final words of wisdom or things you want to push before we wrap this thing up chris uh yeah not really just that uh you know, if you haven't heard the record already, then um, then if you if you're into extreme metal or black metal or death metal, then you might enjoy it. And uh, if you want to sort of see what South Africa's got going on, then definitely check out uh, MMB Records and um, sort of just see the the well of the very deep well of uh, fantastic bands we have coming out of here at the moment because there there is a lot, and the standard is very high. You know, and um, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of people will enjoy what's going on down here. Beautiful. And you can find all that in the show notes. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet?